0: Hi, this is Adam Eliel Berkowitz from Israel 365 News. I'm here with Ra- Rabbi Mike Foyer, uh, who is in charge of the Jewish heroism project. Um, I'm going to have him introduce him- himself and explain that project, but first I want to say um, I'm amazed at it because most people, when they think of heroism, they don't think of Jews. For 2,000 years, Jews were not thought of as heroes, as heroic. Um, But a Jew in Israel is the most heroic thing there is. And I think one of the problems in the world today is heroism is broken. People have a wrong concept of heroism. Heroism is a very strong character trait in the Bible, and if you want a hero, You need a hero that's based in the Bible. Otherwise, you end up with a bad hero. And that's why it's so important to learn these concepts in the biblical context. So, Rabbi Mike.
1: Eliyahu, thanks for having me.
0: (laughs) Thanks for being here. Um, Tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, The the Jewish Heroism Project is just one of the many amazing things you do.
1: I'm a content creator. I really uh, have a mission of telling a story in which all people can find themselves. Um, particularly from the four corners of the Jewish world, but well beyond as well. Um, my, my content journey really began in the Jewish story. It's a podcast devoted to the story of Jewish history, all the way from the book of Daniel through the 1980s, 200 plus episodes, um, and uh, emerging out of that, I had a sense that a more activist stance is called for. I mean, the history's beautiful, I love it, and I'm a storyteller in my guts, but the reality is, is that history is about taking the world at arm's length. And what I wanted to do was start a project in which I could give people the tools, practically and the frames, intellectually, emotionally, and spiritually, to engage and change the world. And what I discovered is that there's no greater tool for that than heroism. I'll ask you a question. Ready? I'll ask you a question, right? I'm, I'm flipping the, I'm flipping the uh, script here. Uh, just think about all the things you've accomplished in your life. The ones that really matter to you. I'm willing to bet that a heroic story helped you along the way. There is
0: no doubt. There is no doubt. And it's 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 difficult for me to call myself a hero, but but the most but I've been forced into that position several times. Um, You know, I didn't necessarily want to be a husband or a father, but I had to step outside of myself to do that. Moving to Israel was incredibly hard, but it's one of the most transformative things I've ever done in my life. So I
1: I, I think I understand you on that level. So now I'll tell you, I've asked that question to dozens of people, educators, average people, CEOs, and every single one of them has said, oh yeah, some of them have launched right into the heroic story that made that impact. Mm -hmm. Think about it for a second. There's no other tool that you can identify which serves so universally to help people accomplish the things they want to do, and yet, as you pointed out, if you ask the average Jew or non-Jew about heroism, few, if any, will think of the Torah, they will think of the Jews, right? Exactly. Most of them, they'll talk about Greek mythology or, or native traditions, or today, it's you know, Marvel and DC, but the heroic journey of the Torah, it's completely absent. And it's, it's all throughout the Torah if you start scratching the surface. Well, I mean, we have to define what a hero is, right? I mean, I, I mean as, you, as you pointed out, is that for most certainly of Western history, and really probably around the world, people didn't see the Jews as heroic figures. But a lot of that is, is, a, is a sort of a tautology, it's circular thinking, is that if a hero is someone who acts in the physical realm with, you know, sort of great uh, violence and courage to change the course through wars, etc. So Jews weren't really involved in that once our land was taken away from us. You'll notice, by the way, even in that classic heroic sense, our story's taken a rather sharp turn in the last 100 years and and restored that sort of crown of of physical heroism to us as well. But it's only one piece. Because what the Jewish Heroism Project is about is actually mapping a very rich conceptual frame for what heroism is. It's not the story of Jewish heroes, though they play an important role. It's the story of Jewish heroism. What are the qualities? What are the models, who are the personalities that not only define heroism but can make it accessible to us? Who can teach me about the importance of humility combined with courage? Who can tell me what it means to be a healer and what it means to be a a scribe or a warrior or a redeemer? These are models that from the Torah through the rabbinic tradition to the discourse, the deeper one that's happening today, these are an essence of our tradition and sadly people can't access it. It's funny you said,
0: uh, you have one phrase you said, that can make it accessible to us. I'd like to think that when, 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 when God gave us the, the Torah, he wanted to give us a guidebook that we could use and not some kind of novel that we read and can't relate to. Um, and in that case, he's giving us examples of heroes that we can relate to. Um, rather than a Superman who, I can't fly, I can't stop bullets, but King David, who's the little guy, the little red-haired boy, who's like, I can do it, I got this, you know, if no one else is going to stand up, I'm not the person, but I'll do it.
1: So. so there's two crucial pieces in what you said. First of all, um, the flawed nature of all biblical heroes. Right? They're, they're, and, and not flawed as a secondary aspect but that their flaws, their failures, their stumblings are central to who they are, which on one hand, yes, makes them accessible. On the other hand, it opens up one of the primary heroic postures that has allowed us to be the eternal people, which is that we know how to fail forward. <laughs> how
0: to fail upward, yes. <laughs> yes, well, because you
1: know why? Because there's a myth, and it's very powerful in, in the Western world, and even sadly, in many Jewish circles, that, that um, failure is a deviation from the plan. Right, think about it for a second. But if you read the Torah, it's like God creates the world beautiful. On the seventh day, things are already breaking down. Oh, don't eat that! Tr- oh no, kick him out of the garden. Right, they get Abraham. All things look good. Right, I, but oh, sorry, I forgot the flood. Right? going to destroy yeah. creation. Right, but next thing you know, Abraham's children are dancing around the golden calf. Boom! Right, the broken. And the first temple gets destroyed. The second temple gets destroyed. You're left with a choice: either you've got a tremendously incompetent deity, God forbid, right, or failure must actually be something more than it seems.
0: It's like King Saul, you would think he's the ultimate hi- hi- hero. Sure. Big, tall, handsome guy, total su- total success. No. It's David, the little brother that uh, was not necessarily the one who stood out and but he overcame and he, he channeled it all upwards.
1: Yeah, but 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 Shaul Saul's failures who, uh, the sage who, actually it's, it's in the text, right? He actually established the kingship that David could emerge and inherit. So it was, an, it was a necessary process. And this is what I'm saying is that on one hand, as you pointed out, the, the flaws and the failures there are, as we say, they're not a bedeevit, they're a chila, they're not an ad hoc result of the events. They are an a priori element built into the world to teach us that perfection is a dangerous illusion and that what you need to do is learn how to fail forward. The other piece you said was um, the superhero trap, and the two are related, right? You know, superheroes, I haven't have grown up as a Marvel Comics kid, I, I love it. I, I love superhero stories, I love comic books. The movies, some are better than others, but I enjoy seeing it, but dude, the, the failure is enormous because you know what happens when you think of a hero as a superhero, you can just say, consciously or not, well listen, if I could shoot ray beams out my eyes and fly, I would fight evil too, but I can't, so like what am I supposed to do? It relegates heroism to someone else. Mm. Whereas, as he pointed out, the Torah used the language of, of guidebook, Right, the guy gives us a guidebook, which is a, a powerful language. I'm gonna deepen it and say it's actually a training manual. Right? It's not an answer book. It's not even just a guidebook. It's a training manual. Oh, okay. right? Meant to make you the type of person who is able to act in the heroic ways that life offers you. Because heroism always has a moment. It has a point in which it emerges. In a story, in your life, in history. And that point of heroism is always an invitation. Sometimes we take it. Sometimes we don't. It can be in fatherhood, like you said, something simple. Am I able to rise to the occasion and be the father my child needs me to be right now? The answer is sometimes yes, sometimes no. And you know, or in history, right? You know, if you're familiar with what's called the great man theory of history, right? Did Napoleon really make history, or was Napoleon created by the economic, social, and philosophical factors? I don't really care, but Napoleon stood at a point and was unafraid to seize the moment and act in a way that allowed history to come to a heroic manifestation. There's always a point of history, and when we train ourselves to be ready, we're able to actually bring ourselves to bear and seize that moment and bring the heroic into being, whether it's in my own life, the life of my people, or the life of the world.
0: Okay, I've cut you some slack because I've let you go this far without defining what heroism is.
1: Okay, so (laughs) uh, fair enough. In My definition of heroism in the Torah is m'sir nefesh leman tov. It's a sense of giving over one's self, that nefesh, that private embodied self, the wholeness of self for the sake of tov. Now tov means good, but the problem is is that because Hebrew is a word-poor language relative to other languages like English or, say, Russian that have a, 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 a wealth of synonyms that allow for a nuance of meaning, the word tov sounds very flat. But let's not forget that Tove is the backbeat of creation. You open up the first chapter of Genesis, and everything which God does, which God sees, God judges to be good. Because good, in that sense of creation, means reflective of the will of its maker. That when God makes the light and God sees the light as good, God is saying, this is precisely my intent. And the power of heroism is to give over one's personal embodied sense right, your energy, your actions, your beliefs, and sometimes even your life for the sake of a will which needs to be manifest in the world. And like I said, that can happen in family. We know what God wants of us in our families, to be decent men, right, to be loving husbands and caring fathers, and also to lay down the law and hold the lines, and sometimes that comes at a cost. And sometimes it comes at a simple cost of, I can do this or I can do that. We have to make those decisions.
0: If I'm understanding you correctly, When you say to self-sacrifice, as it's sometimes translated, for good, mm-hmm. um, it's actually um, going beyond the, the momentary expediency for a greater ideology, something that's definitely outside of yourself, greater than yourself, um, and, and giving up your personal expediency for that.
1: Yeah, and that's why self-sacrifice, which is an accurate translation of Masirat Nefesh, is in many ways still not uh, sufficient to explain the idea. Because I said, you know, Nefesh is your personal embodied experience. It's where the tire hits the road. Everything depends on your ability to act. Nonetheless, are you feeding your physical self? Are you limited to that sense? Or are you actually giving yourself over, even to just a higher sense of yourself, to your sense of spirit? to your sense of soul, of an intellectual grasp of the higher ideals, the, the sense of peoplehood, right? Think of a soldier, the classic experience of heroism, who is willing, you know? One of the most moving events in history, in my opinion, was the storming of the beach at Normandy. You know, if you've seen the, so either the, the, the war footage or, or the films like, say, Saving Private Ryan, which is in, from cinematography perspective, one of the most powerful presentations, I think, of this experience, if all these young men, they're just simple young men. This nefesh, this kid, right? Who's giving himself, is he sacrificing himself? No, he's not looking to die. He's willing to live, but for a larger self, for his people, for an ideal of democracy, to liberate oppressed people, you understand? So yes, self-sacrifice, but not in the sense of I'm just destroying myself, but in the sense of actually I'm stepping into a higher realm of life. It's, it's interesting.
0: Um, when When I saw what you what you're doing I was thinking um, on an educational level as a father and I think of pop culture where there are so many movies like he's the hero and you have to ask yourself well what did he do he beat everyone and walked away you know he saved himself and I'm like so why is he a hero he just saved himself Um, and what you're saying is that's not a hero a hero is the guy who He's, he's, he's not necessarily saving himself, he's going for the bigger picture. You know, it's
1: funny you say this, and I, I had to teach, I have a 13-year-old son who also likes the, the Marvel movies, and I watch them with him, I like to have a little bit of a grip on, on what's his experience going to be, and I, he got it right away when I pointed out to him that the flaw of the heroism, which Marvel, I think, is communicating the core Western perspective of heroism, is they don't stand for anything. Mm-hmm. They may stand against, right? There's a villain that's attacking, like you said, and they'll defend, but in the end of the day, they don't stand for. And when we were kids, even the superheroes stood for truth, justice, in the American way. Right. You can't say that anymore, right? Um, it, it, because there was a tove, there was a sense of a higher will, or even just a clear shared value. And without that, I really believe that heroism, at best, is a holding position and at worst becomes the whole mythology of the anti-hero and the glorification of the villain and the cynicism of the denigrating. You know, in today's world, the postmodern world, there are only victims and perpetrators, right? Right? The whole world, you're, and that's why a victim is the only place where real morality resides. A hero is just a villain with better PR. Because right? if you have power, the idea of using power for good, all the cynics are going to jump on you. They're going to scum. Oh no such gosh. thing. That's, heroism is an expression of the Jewish mission to always swim upstream. And today's world where there's victims and there's, and there's perpetrators, and morality belongs to the victim because they abdicate power, is a deadly lie. Whereas we are a people who believe in true heroism, which is the use of power in the service of good.
0: It's a deadly lie that can justify horrible, horrible things. Right. Well,
1: because the victim poses as powerless and wields a power, and it's not for the sake of good.
0: Absolutely. Wow. Wow. Um, that's very clear in politics. We can put names to that. I'd rather not.
1: Well, I would just leave it where it lies right <laughs> yes. now because everyone can draw their own but conclusions.
0: You're absolutely right. and. I think it's interesting that I think it's something that, that is expressed very strongly in American culture where there is this conflict between the hero narrative of, of, of biblical based heroism, the uh, what of is it, culture, culture. basis of American culture, what is heroism versus the victim culture where I don't know where that comes from.
1: Yeah, I think it's a very natural human um, experience and, and, and I, I wouldn't, I don't mean to dismiss it, God forbid. i mean meaning the, the experience of suffering provides a deep challenge. And if one cannot tell a story, part of what I do is uh, narrative therapy. On a personal level, I do counseling with people. Um, and, and the tools of narrative therapy uh, rely on the ability to frame one's story in a way in which it will actually take you where you want to go. It's not a rewriting of what's happened, it's a reframing of the facts that you've experienced. One of the sort of dangers of victimhood is it offers a way to understand what happens to us. See, the victim gains comfort by abdicating responsibility. What what was I supposed to do? I couldn't do anything about it, right? But then there's the villain who takes that suffering and pours it out on others and makes them responsible. Then you have the hero. The hero says, listen, life happens to us. There's no way to avoid that. The question that matters is, how do I use what happens to me to become the person that I need to be? That is the primary heroic stance. And so victimhood, it's attractive, it makes sense. And when people lack a cultural context for the level of responsibility and work, it's hard work to transform your suffering into a source of positive identity. We as a people have been doing that since Egypt. Your, Your kids ever sing that Israeli song, Right, right. It means you know, Pharaoh and his PJs at night right? because the Bible says that he, he, Pharaoh came out to look for Moshe and Aaron at night so he could say, get out of the land, get out of the land. Just think about what they're doing. They're dancing around, singing a funny song about the worst murder of Jews right? perhaps ever. We could certainly put them on the ranks of the Nazis and in the Inquisition and here they are making a Why? Because we have been processing that experience as a source of positive identity since we left, since before we left. We had our first Seder before we even got out. You know? And that is one of the secrets to the Jewish success in history. Jews do that, I mean, you know. But you understand, it's the refusal to become a victim that forces you to accept what has happened and use it as a source of positive identity. Otherwise, you can only be a victim or a villain. So who's the biggest biblical hero? I don't think we could reduce heroism to one person because it has um, different sort of qualities, different aspects, but um, on some level, the Torah's ideal who's meant to be the biggest hero is who's ever reading it and taking it seriously in that moment. Remember, the Torah is a letter sent by God to each and every one of us and it's meant to shape us into who we were created to be. So we could say Moses, we could say David, we could say, and and these are good answers, but the reality is it's a mistake, because the Torah's not about the past. The Torah is about who's reading it now and where they're headed in the future. So I hesitate to say who the biggest biblical hero is because I don't think the story's over yet.
0: You know, that's a a very powerful method for for learning Torah because I always, I, I came to learning the Bible relatively late in life, and I'm just like, I've just been making a mess of my life. I've been living the American dream, but it's certainly not my dream. I, my basic concepts are messed up. Um, I remember the first time I had to ask advice, dating advice from my rabbi. And I'm like, but I've dated a lot of women and I've always gotten it wrong. Okay, so I, I turned to the Torah. I'm like, oh... This is what a father should be. Oh, this is what, this is what you know, a, a, a husband... This is what you should do when you're faced with this. This is what you should do. So I, I think that personal message, that, that framing it in a personal context, I think is, is, is hugely essential to, to how we should learn Bible. But you, but you wiggled out of answering that question. I'm going to give you that one.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, listen, I mean, I think also it's important to remember, like I said, that, that, that history, oh, sorry, history and heroism get mixed up in my mind, that, that heroism has more than one face, right? And, and, and therefore, to try to reduce it to a simple definition or a, a one archetype is, is a mistake. It's a complex concept. It needs to be digested, and marinated, and, and really it's a topography. It needs to be mapped out, and that's what the Jewish Heroism Project is going to be about. It's going to be mapping out the qualities, the, the, the archetypes, and the key stories that will help us not only understand what heroism is, but embody it and become, in our own ways, heroic in our lives.
0: Amazing. God willing. If I can be a little bit more of a hero to help my sons, it's 100%. worth it. It's worth it. Um, So, Rav Mike, um, where can we find out
1: more about this? So, right now the website's not up yet, but you can go to ravmike.com, you can be in touch with me there. Uh, It's r-a-v-m-i-k-e dot com. Also, uh, jewishstory.co, which is where my story of Jewish history lives. It's not .com, it's .co, because I'm going to grab the real estate. you can reach me at RobMikeFoyer at gmail.com. I'm happy to hear people's questions. Uh, and uh, in general, just send up some kind of digital smoke signal. I will get the message. I'm happy to hear thoughts, questions, Facebook, ideas. I am on Facebook. I was a little bit hesitant to admit it because it makes me old. But um, I I'm indeed can be reached there as well.
0: Yeah, I've, uh, I have a big presence there too, thank God. They're amazing people. Anyway, thank you so much, Rob Mike. It's a pleasure. Uh, Thanks for having me. I want to reserve the right to uh, have another sit-down with you in front of the camera. Because uh, I think this worked. Um, And we'll do this again. Thank you so much.
1: You're very welcome. Thank you.
0: All of you, we have no choice. If you bless us, we've got to bless you back. That's the rules. So coming at you from Israel, we're in Beit Shemesh. Be blessed, y'all. Thank you so much for joining us.